All right, guys. Our next guest is a living legend, former WEC champion, UFC Hall of Famer, the man behind Team Alpha Male, who, by the way, had a great night last night with William Pavia and Macy Barber, both picking up wins at UFC Vegas 32. Just last night, the one and only, the California kid, or the California dad, we should say now, Uriah Faber. <laughs> Welcome yeah. back to Submission Radio. How are you, man? Doing good, and don't forget about Darren Elkins. Darren Elkins, of course, the damage. Beast mode got another one, so that was uh, three guys in a row. Mm -hmm. We loved it, man. Is uh, look, all three of those fight fights were one on on tenacity, and, and I, I love to see that. So, uh, it was it was a good fight for sure. Dude, I was gonna say, and I don't think feel like it's being brought up enough. Uh, Team Alpha Male. Still as big as they were back in the day. You guys still have so many great fighters coming out of that gym. Do you feel like people sometimes forget some of this great talent that comes out? I mean, an incredible night for the gym. And also, a lot of future talent here as well. Guys that are going to, guys and girls that are going to go on to have huge careers in the UFC. Yeah, I, I don't know what people are thinking. You know, I'm pretty in my own little bubble at this point. So, um, you know, we're just, continuing to grind you know at the gym and uh oh my boy is waking up here hold on a second <laughs> all good i gotta pat him on the back no okay, worries. Come here, buddy come on come on it's okay buddy should i put him to sleep here <laughs> so, uh, there we go um this is awesome man so uh yeah we had a great night i i think you know, we're coming off another another couple of big wins. We've got uh, a lot of UK talent, Corey McKenna and, and uh, Mason Jones, and then Andre Feely uh, had a had a good performance the other day. And you know, we're waiting on Josh Emmett to get out of the get out of the, uh, the injury zone and get back in the world rankings and, and make a make a run for that title. And you know, we had two guys in the Ultimate Fighter, and one of our guys is in the finals. So. Um, yeah, we've been we've been steady plugging away, man, per usual. Take take us into your thoughts yesterday, man, on uh, Macy Barber's win over Maverick, um, and obviously how important this win for her and the team with the last two not really working out. I imagine a lot of pressure uh, for her. How did you sort of manage that as a coach? Well, this is her first time at our at our camp for uh, you know for any kind of fight. She'd been out years ago just to test it out for a week, and I wasn't here. Ended up leaving and has been to a lot of different gyms so um i was really surprised when she came in how amazing uh her work ethic is and how fast she learns and um it's kind of a testament to why she's had so much success but on the other side of things uh she needed to find a home and, and i feel like the way she's talking the way she felt i think this may be a home for her, a permanent home for for the long haul and and that's good so you know, it was a very close fight. We knew it was going to be a tough fight. I, you know, you get a little bit worried in those kind of scenarios. And then, um, you know, that, that girl she fought, that's another, you know, they're, they're neck and neck in the, in the world rankings and they're neck and neck in, in youth and technique. They're, they're a really good match. So getting that W is, was pretty big. Yeah, 100%. Um, I want to ask you, obviously, on the, the scoring of the fight because uh, people online sort of saw it both ways. Just before I do, if if that is the remote near you, you're right, is there any chance we could be a pain in the ass and get the music turned down just a tiny bit um, just because otherwise YouTube will copyright this potentially? <laughs> no problem. 
And we're back. Nice. Okay. This is Mr. Chill. <laughs> so good, man. I'm waiting to have a kid myself in January. And if he's that good, I'll be pretty lucky. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he sets the bar pretty high. But <laughs> <laughs> you're all I'll be calling you at five in the morning like, yeah, where did I go wrong, bro? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, where were we at? Uh, just like, how did you score the fight? Were you nervous when the, when the judges were reading out the decision at all? Definitely nervous. I mean, it just depends what the judges are looking at. Like, in the first round especially, that was kind of the, the one that was was going to be the deciding factor when it came to the the decision and and you know watching the fight again <clears throat> i see why we won but you don't know during the because we weren't i was she wasn't doing what i wanted to do in the first round and we had talked about it and if you they panned to my <laughs> me coaching and i said you have to actually try to hit her yeah because if you watch her fight against grasso macy was throwing like three and four four punch combos from like two feet out knowing she wasn't going to hit her. And so part of the plan here was to be right in her face, make her miss small, make her pay big with, with speed. And uh, she was she was too far out. The good thing is that girl didn't do any da- damage to her at all in the first round. And Macy landed the bigger shots. On the judges' side, though, Macy was moving around and moving backwards a lot more than the other girl. So that, that had me worried. But as far as landing punches... She landed more. The other girl was tracking her more. So you never know how they're going to judge that. Mm. It was really cool seeing you guys do your thing and you in the corner there and Macy pick up the win. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the main event as well. You're right. Obviously, TJ Dillashaw had a war with Corey Sanghagen. What a great fight that was, but very, very close. I mean, a bunch of polls being run all over the Internet. People very split on who won that one. But before we get your thoughts on who you thought won, what did you actually think of the crazy fight that took place? I thought it was an awesome fight, first off. I mean, I know TJ as well as anyone, and, and that guy's in there till death does he part in the ring, which I I think is a, a good way to be when you're all in on something. But, um, yeah, it was super exciting. I was actually ringside. I came back out and, and watched. I didn't want to miss that one. And, uh, and I thought it was an awesome fight. I mean... From from where I was standing, I mean, there's a couple different ways. I thought Sanhagen would have got the nod based on him doing damage and landing the bigger punches, <clears throat> and a lot more. I would say. Did you guys look at the punch stats? Who who landed more? Uh yeah. I think in the last round, the fifth round, which I think went to TJ. I think Sanhagen outstruck him. It was pretty close in a lot of the rounds. In the last round, yeah. I think Sanhagen got him. But. I mean, what about on the total fight? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Uh, gotcha. Well, so the one thing that TJ had going for him was he was definitely in Sanhagen's face, which he has to be trying to close, close the gap in a long, lanky guy like that and pushing the, pushing the fight pace. And then he had a lot of attempts and control time in the in-betweens of grappling or trying to grapple. I mean, he didn't do much damage in those situations, other than the first round, but he was initiating. And so it depends if you're looking at me and like, hey, Sanhagen thwarted all his takedown attempts and, and did well in the clinch, et cetera. 
but TJ was at least putting the effort to to get get into those positions and spending a lot of time in there. So, uh, you know, I think that's probably why he got the nod because of the intent and the aggression and in the in the forward motion, you know. Um, but Sanhagen definitely landed the more damaging shots, and and I probably would would say was landing more punches, but I haven't looked at the punch stats. So. Mm. Yeah, well, looking at the punch stats here, it says here that Sanhagen landed 128 of 281 significant strikes, while TJ landed 110 of 268. But I do think also a part of it is what you said, Uriah, the fact that Sanhagen's strikes were a bit more memorable because they caused that much more damage. I'm wondering, though, man, what did you think of the TJ that we saw in there? A lot of people sort of skeptical about what he's going to look like after all the controversies. What did he look like to you in there? He looked like the same guy. I mean, look. <laughs> I mean, without in in the aftermath of having the guy on the team and then uh, leaving the team and, 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 you know, me always being dark on everything, I know a lot more stuff than most people do about the whole situation. But the one thing I can say is, the reason he's cheating is because he's a competitor, like not fair competitor. He's a cheap shot guy. He's, a, you know, whatever it is. But the guy's whole intent and focus is to win. And you know, if someone's a cheater because they don't believe in themselves, that's one thing. But if somebody does a, an actual assessment of what they need to gain, whether it be conditioning or strength or whatnot, and then cheat because of that, there's a big difference. One's a mental weakness. And the other one is uh, being crafty, cheap, you know, to to gain uh, financial and and uh, and fame and whatever else. And and he was able to do that. And I mean, the the, the layoff, I think he used the time well and, and came back with a. a you know, the same guy he always has as an older guy who's put on some size and, and whatever else he's been doing throughout the years. He's he's a bigger guy than he was when he started in the sport. And I think that plays to his favor. And he's always a competitor. I mean, that's a, that's a legit, you know, champ, champion mentality guy when it comes to competing. Mm. I think that's a good assessment. It's interesting to hear you break down the difference. Like people just look at cheating and cheating and that's it. But the way you break it down that, you know, there's there's the mental side of it, of not being confident. And then there's the, you know, simply fact of like, look, I need to do this, this, this to, to get an edge. I'm too weak. I, I mean, when you're in a room with a bunch of guys with a lot of natural gifts and you can pinpoint where you lack, you know, I think he was like, you know what? I don't have a chance unless, and it wasn't because like he didn't think, he can. He's like, I think I can if I never get tired or if I can put on 10 pounds of muscle or, you know, whatever mm. the deal. And I think Dom kind of put it in one of his breakdowns of the situation is, you know, he took a calculated risk. And unfortunately, the cost, the benefit and the cost of, of being, being shady, you know, it, it Rich and famous, uh, but all I have to do is take two years, two years off, <laughs> you know, in a, in a in a twelve year career. Like you know, he did a calculated risk, and um, and there's no shame in his game. 
Yeah, dude, that's a tough that's a tough one, man. Two years off in the bantamweight mm-hmm. division, it's not really um, it's not a division where uh, age is really on anybody's side. But you mentioned how sort of you you know a lot more about that stuff. What do you mean by that? Oh, just I mean, you know, TJ is pretty close with a lot of guys in the team, and uh, and I've just heard in that you know, years after he'd been gone, like what had been going down and whatnot. And I was never privy to anything, but I mean, uh, all, all, all I can say is that he got caught for EPO or whatever it was. So, you know, that's all there's proof of. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Well, and I was going to ask, and I was going to ask this very bluntly, I guess the big question surrounding TJ with everybody is, was it just once and he got caught or was he doing it for a while? Um, I was going to ask you what you think about that. <laughs> uh, it's not important what I think about it. Yeah. He knows. His family knows. Everybody knows what he was doing. And, you know, it's not my business to put anything out there. Uh, other people have gone out and said stuff about, whether he was or wasn't. And um, I know that he came to my team as a lifetime athlete that had wrestled since he was a little kid and wrestled in college and worked out really, really hard and couldn't bust 143 pounds, uh, you know, and, and he was complaining about it. Mm. Uh, I guess the interesting thing about it all is we saw him come back and he looked good against Corey Sanhagen. Corey is such a tough competitor. I wonder looking back on it all, like he struggled to put on the muscle and, but ultimately, do you believe that, um, without the substances, ultimately he probably still could have got into the same position that he got to and sort of could have avoided all this controversy if he would have just sort of avoided that. Or do you believe it was a key thing early on in his career to gain that size and to get to that position? I've never done any of that stuff. So I don't really know what the Mm. big difference is, but from what I understand, uh, there's big advantages. Now, I'm a guy that believes anything's possible, and I preach that to my guys, and I preached that to him while he was on our team. I believed he could have been a world champ from the get-go, and I told him that. And, uh, you know, I told Cody that. I told Song Dong that. And and uh, so could he have done it? Yeah, everybody. I mean, there's people all over the world that become the best in the world without cheating. And... Um, now, are the ads, odds stacked in your favor if you're being unfair and, and, you know, fill in the blanks of your natural gifts that you do not have? Uh, obviously, that stacks things in your favor. But at the end of the day, the mind is the most empower, is the most empowering and most important thing in a sport, especially a combat sport. And, you know, my fighters that fought this last weekend, Hal Leon, Macy, and, and Darren Elkins, uh, we're a testament to that, you know, like the mentality side is the big thing. And, and, uh, and TJ's always had that. Mm. By the way, what was it like yesterday? Uh, I was looking at the UFC apex and you got yourself, you got your Faber, you got TJ Dillashaw and you got Dominic Cruz all in the same room. <laughs> I feel like you got some of the greatest rivalries in bantamweight history. Uh, what was it like for you being around, you know, two of your biggest rivals? You know what? TJ, I, I saw TJ at the pool, like, just kind of avoid each other. We have a lot of mutual friends. Like, some of people that are in his circle on a day-to-day basis are, are great friends of mine. And, you know, I don't I don't necessarily uh, 
have any qualms with the guy. I mean, I, I've got great friends in this world, and so I don't need, you know, need to, like, try to rehash ones that were, were whatever, were, were rocky. So uh, I just – we just kind of keep to ourselves, TJ and I. And I feel like Dom and I are, are – our longtime frenemies, you know, <laughs> I've got his phone number and we, and we talk on occasion or, or, you know, kind of crush the beef. I, I respect him a lot. And I feel like it's the same, same for me. Um, and it also, it wasn't always the case like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I enjoy seeing, I mean, it's always good going to those events and it's, it's a little bit of everybody. I mean, you get, you get to see basically 20 years of, of people that were impactful in your life. And, and, uh, I like that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like I remember you telling us that you and Dom were texting, and this was like years ago mm-hmm. when you guys still yeah. had fights coming up, and you guys were doing tough, and everyone thought, "Oh man, these guys can't stand each other." And then you're like, "Yeah, we text every now and then," which is just kind of <laughs> we, 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 they weren't friendly texts. Oh really? Way. So I mean, no, there's no, no like I mean they weren't like friend friendly t- texts. Mm. <laughs> A lot of talking crap and, and that kind of stuff. And um, but yeah, you know what? I think I told you guys what happened. And uh, there was like a changing of the guards at PR at the UFC because they're always like hiring and rehiring. And whoever put the thing together right before we were supposed to fight the second time, they put us on this USO tour in San Diego with the uh, with the Marines. Oh, and nice. we went through this like American. <laughs> it was me and. uh I think it was Rich Franklin, Dominic Cruz, and Phil Davis. And, like, we we got, like, on the side of America. Like, we started out, like, taking some pictures and shooting some guns. And next thing you know, we were going through this gauntlet. And we had to work together as a team. And it was, like, a little too late to be like, hey, I'm not doing this. We committed to it. And at this point, we've been, like, in front of some soldiers talking about people that had died. And then, like, get us they put us through a gauntlet like drill sergeants were punking us and everything and we actually had to work as a team on that thing and so during that time and he was a lot younger and and, you know wet behind the ears he i felt like he was picking my brain and and we had like a two days of of squashing the beef awkwardly (laughs) and uh so that's that's where the communication started but uh you know in the same circle for a long time that was such a weird gig there's some there's some footage of us like running through and like going through a simulated war as <laughs> same team soldiers. And that, that changes the thing, you know, and, you know, we're, we're fighting for money and, and, and clout and, and we're there to spend time with people that are putting their lives on the line for the greater good of our country. And, and, uh, so you kind of forced to not be petty. Yeah, hundred percent puts things in perspective. I remember um, we had Bisping on the show, and we asked him about like people who he sees differently now that he's retired. And he actually said Rockhold, and he said, "Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have a beer with Rockhold." And you know firsthand because you were there at one ninety nine. You know how how you know deep that rivalry was. And I wonder like if it's somewhat similar with you and TJ now because obviously you know the feud is pretty strong, but it's it's been years now since all of that kind of happened. You know. When the whole thing went down originally, I told TJ, hey, man, leave the team and we can work on our friendship and relationship otherwise if you're leaving the team. And it just went sour quick. And so I'm still open to whatever I'm, you know, I've got people that I've been on bad terms with that, that, you know, have we've squashed the beef or or whatever the scenario. Um, 
but at the end of the day, like, who do you want to spend your time with? And, and I've got a great circle of people, family, friends, and teammates and whatnot. Um, and I think he does too. I mean, he's got, I, I know his family, his family. I actually like his family a lot. I gave his dad the, his nickname hazardous hell. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nickname, by the way, hazardous hell. Oh, That's man, awesome. That guy's, that guy's a savage. He sounds like he's from old school or something. Like he's friend, friends with Frank the tank or something. <laughs> Hazardous how like jump off the highest stuff in the water and break his arms and oh, he, wow. he does all crazy crap. But um, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, who knows what'll happen? I mean, right now he's focusing on him, and obviously I'm focused on important stuff between business, family, and and my real passion in life right now, which is these little guys, Cali and Rome, and and hopefully more at some point if I can get my girl to. Uh, give me the thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, the, the old thumbs up, clear for landing. Um, and if you are like Uriah Faber, maybe trying to make some, you know, extra kids, or maybe you just want to practice, what better way to prepare for something like that and shave your junk downstairs with the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0? It's not the 3.0, it's not the 3.2, it's the 4.0, the brand new tool from Manscaped, the even better grooming tool that you can use to shave anywhere. You can shave your balls, you can shave your arms, you can shave your back. This new guy, I mean, what a marvel of technology. The new multifunction on-off switch. It can engage a travel lock, creative for people who like to travel. You don't want the, the lawnmower going off in your bag when you're, you're, when you're in the middle of airport security and people thinking, Check out the dude with a vibrator in his bag. Now you got the travel lock. It can save you. It also gives you the ability to turn off the 4,000K LED light. So you can turn that off if you like. Maybe you don't need to, I don't know, maybe you're not shaving in a cave and you can turn it off. You can do without it. It saves in battery. So now you have that option. You've also got multiple guards as well. So you can shave your junk, shave the old bonsai tree to any length that you like. You can have different kinds of lengths, texturing, pattern. I hear it's all the rage these days. So you've got that with Manscaped 4.0 and looks wise, it's nice and sleek. You've got the mat, you've got the gloss on top. Who wouldn't want one of these bad boys and who wouldn't want to save money, save 20% off when you use the code submission and that extends to everything on the Manscaped website from your good friends at Submission Radio. Don't forget to use that code. Isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, Cass. It's 4.0 on the website, but it's number one in your hearts. Get your stuff sorted with Manscaped now and get that free shipping as well with that promo code SUBMISSION. And guys, you know what it is right now as well, don't you? It's the Olympic Games. And outside of the fighting, I know you're out there watching your country, trying to win a gold medal. A lot of heartbreak going on, a lot of tears. I don't want to mention anyone, but... Her name rhymes with Fadi, and she might play a tennis-type game, and maybe she let a lot of people down. Anyway, don't just cry at home over spilt milk. Make some money off it as well, because that kind of makes it a little bit easier. And there's only one place to make money of all your sports, and that is my bookie. If you guys sign up today, you can take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code submission. Get yourself a free cash bonus, and then maybe if Australia loses to Egypt in the soccer, you won't end up crying in the shower all night. You'll end up making some money. That is promo code submission. Get yourself that free cash bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I was going to say, obviously, a lot of fans wondering if there's a chance that you might get back in there and fight again. Um, I know that you mentioned that you want to fight that kind of matters. 
something that really kind of gets you excited and you never really ruled out that you wouldn't return. Where you at with that right now? Is that still something that's on your mind? I mean, I know you're 42, but you look pretty much the same as your WEC days. So I don't believe that yeah. you actually aged. So go <laughs> break it down for us, man. Where you at mentally with the, with the return? You know, had it not been for this guy and the quarantine, the COVID quarantine, I probably would have fought uh, already. But I do it for the entire experience. I, I would not have probably not have done a fight if there was no crowd just because you know i want the, i want the whole experience and uh now the crowd's back uh and there's some and there was also talk sean shelby was asking hey when am i gonna fight tj and he said oh sounds like his camp uh isn't interested in that fight and i'm like okay and then i talked to tiki who's manages uh TJ and he told me kind of behind the scenes that they'd offered them something, but then kind of said they couldn't do that. Blah blah blah. So what do you mean? Like they offered the UFC, like, hey, let's fight Uriah. Yeah. Hmm. And and uh, and so it's 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 one of those things where I wouldn't rule it out, but I gotta I gotta get going, and, and I would need to take it real serious because of like the the world climate and and my personal family climate. I haven't been able to be a full on athlete. And if I were to take a fight in any way, shape, or form, which I, uh, I haven't haven't ruled out because it still sounds like a lot of fun, and that's why I do things. And it'd be a good, good, good uh, financial thing. It'd be a good uh, thing for me to make my make myself get in tip top shape. It would be, uh, you know, a passion of mine that that I that I would enjoy. Uh, so I I wouldn't rule it out, but uh, I don't have any immediate plans. Mm. But I, I do get in there. I'm in the I'm in the gym every day. Uh, most of my intense workouts are, are, are jujitsu and I'll jump into practice. I actually just dislocated my pinky. Oh, uh, oh wow. Dude. And jumping into pro practice, scrambling around with the guys. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in tip top shape. Uh, my skill set's getting better cause I'm teaching and I'm around the environment all the time. So, um, I get in there and, and, and beat someone up. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like you mentioned, you're there yesterday you're amongst all the fighters you see tj fight live you see your team win and i and i have to wonder man would you say that tj might be one of the only guys that gets you excited enough to sort of come back and make that return because if you think about it and i know you mentioned it in the press conference after your last fight that is the fight where you know that's a big main event or a big co-headliner and a big pay-per-view it's a fight that fans have wanted to see for a really really long time and from a matchmaking perspective a very fascinating matchup where it's very interesting to see how that one plays out yeah he wouldn't would be wrestling me like he was wrestling sanhagen yeah exactly so would you say is he number one on the list or maybe one of the only names on the list that could actually get you back in there and back you out on, onto that octagon um not necessarily like that i mean i always kind of avoided the idea of fighting him because i just didn't like the dramatic part of it you know it'd be like we already have enough freaking drama in our lives and then you have to rehash this and drama that, you know, uh, that becomes a whole dramatic thing. Mm. Now, would it be an intriguing matchup and would it be a great storyline? Absolutely. I would only do that if it was a payday that also excited me. And, and um, I make pretty good money. And, uh, and so I would do, you know, fights against guys in the top 15 um, as long as there's a crowd there and it's, and it's an exciting event for me. Uh, at this point, 
you know, I'm also a businessman. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm a coach. I'm a parent. But a financial raise, uh, raising, raising money to make more money is, is something that happens in the business world. And I could go have, you know, a birthday present to myself, take a fight, and get paid for it. Uh, you know, that's kind of why I came out of retirement. I came out of retirement as a 40th birthday present to myself, mm-hmm. and uh, and a financial raise, which which I had a plan for the money, went right into it, and, and basically tripled that money, and then some actually. Uh, and so it'd be more of a business and fun mix of business and pleasure. And the only reason why. Oh. You got there? Yeah, yeah, you cut out for a second. You said the only reason yeah, why so was, Master of Suspense. The the only reason why I would do a fight with TJ in particular would be because they would probably pay me more for that one. If they don't, then I wouldn't do it. And he's probably the same way. He doesn't want to fight me. You know, he's he's been working hard to regain his, you know, try to keep his nose clean and and tell his side of the story or whatever the deal is, you know of his cheating scenarios and and he doesn't need you know the grave digger bringing up the fucking bones of of, <laughs> of the last 10 years of him being a creep you know <laughs> and a pos so i uh i don't think it's enticing to him on that front and for me i would do it because there'd be a bounty on his head and 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 probably vice versa. So why do you think they wanted to fight you? Do you think it was just the money aspect? Because TJ's kind of going for that belt, well, and um, to fight you would be a bit of a detour on, on, on that path. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, had, had he not got the nod this, this last weekend, it maybe would have made more sense, you know what I mean? Or if he gets knocked down by Peter Yan or something like that. Um, it doesn't make sense because he's coming off of this win. But from what I understand, after talking to originally Sean Shelby, and then who said, yeah, it doesn't sound like their team is interested in that fight. And then actually talking to Tiki, who told me the real backside of what had happened. Uh, there's two different scenarios there. So um, I'm not like looking for that fight per se, but that one would, I, I, I'd be Rocky five, dude. I'd be out in the, uh, <laughs> in the barn, you know, kicking hay and stuff. So, uh, you know, there, there's, there's definitely some fire some fire lit when there's real uh real history but i would do fights against guys like like i love i love all these new these new guys you know my guys are fighting like the kyler phillips and the and um uh, song dong's about to fight the other guy that just fought dominic cruz what's his name um, uh, who just fought um cruz? his name escapes me i know who you're talking about though yeah like those guys i love those kind of fights uh, Keith, what's his name was was talking. Hi, baby girl, come here. It's okay. Come on, baby. Come here. She's not here right now. Come here to daddy. Come here. Come, on. come here, baby doll. She's not here. Come here and lay by daddy. Come here. She's gonna come right back. Okay. Okay. Come here. Give me a hug. This is the good life. The Faber family reunion. Dude, this is awesome. <laughs> I remember we used to ask you, we're like, when is the California kid going to be a California dad? Look at this. We'll let you go in a second, Uriah, because um, you're on daddy duty. Yeah, I was going to, I was just going to quickly say, Uriah, I know you mentioned that if you and TJ fought, you know, there wouldn't be much wrestling in it. Break it down for us. How do you see that sort of fight playing out if you guys did fight? Because you, 
It's no, interesting I, because you guys know each other so well, right? So it's one of those situations where you go in there with a the guy you know so well, it's a different kind of fight. Well, I didn't say there wouldn't be wrestling. Mm. There a lot of wrestling. It wouldn't be a one-sided affair. And I, I don't think that uh, TJ's, TJ's game plan – I mean, TJ's, TJ's a smart guy. People were asking me who, that, who I thought was going to win that fight. And I said, TJ's going to try to wrestle him the whole time. That's what I said. And uh, in in not not that he tried to wrestle him only. Obviously, he fought him in a mixed martial arts fight. But that was what the difference was. I just don't think that would be his game plan. His game plan with me would probably be uh, maybe some tr- strategic takedowns. But he'd be trying to knock me out. Well, you're right. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, between uh, having a successful team, older businesses, the fact that you're a UFC legend, an MMA legend, a former champion, and now look at this. Maybe the most important thing of them all, a championship-level father. I'm waiting for the Faber Bunch TV show to drop sometime soon. And I actually do believe, man, that uh, we might need to get you some kind of parenting show on TV as well because I think a lot of people could take some tips from you. This is very, very impressive. Guys, make sure to follow Uriah on Instagram and Twitter, at Uriah Faber. Just quickly, Uriah, I know you've got a lot of great businesses. Uh, for all the Faber fans out there, what are a couple of things you want them to keep an eye open for? that are around the corner are happening sometime soon? Uh, you guys are going to see an awesome platform uh, app that is about training. It's uh, MMA University, and, mm. and I'm working on that. I've got, after my beautiful daughter here, Cali Asai, I've got partners out in Brazil that own the, the manufacturing companies and own the islands that, that grow the Asai. Uh, that, that's going to be... Uh, very quickly making its its way to to retail and in in b2b or uh, uh direct to consumer on uh, on the internet where you can order the acai and it's the best acai in the world and uh aside from that man i've just really been enjoying the the gym the team and um you know i've got a little production company we sold our first movie to Lionsgate, and we've got a bunch of things on the docket for uh for scripted and 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 unscripted projects coming up and we've been uh pitching and whatnot so just keep your eyes peeled always working on something i love it man you'll be the pablo escobar of acai we look forward to it thanks so much for the time thanks so much for the chat you're right have a great day man all right take it easy boys 